I'm Romy Newman, the co-founder and president of Fairy God Boss, and this is Fairy God Boss Radio. Welcome to Fairy God Boss Radio. I am so excited today to be talking to a real expert in the space that we cover. I'm here with Kim Jones, who is the leader of people experience and market center of expertise at PwC. Kim, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be with you. Thank you for joining us. Could you tell us more about your role and what do you do? What do I do? Sometimes I ask myself that question every morning because no day is like any other day. Um, In a nutshell, I lead a team of 13 very talented individuals here at PwC, basically to try to make our people's experience working at PwC the best it can be. And that can take on a variety of forms, but usually it is brainstorming new, innovative, cool new initiatives and things to bring to our people so that uh, they not only learn and serve our clients, but they enjoy while they're doing it. I love that. And I think it says a lot about PwC that such a function exists um, and is so significant. Could you tell us a little bit more about you and your background and how this became your career? Oh, yes. Um, Well, first of all, I have been at PwC for quite a long time, uh, 25 plus years. I know know I'm I'm dating myself, but that's okay. We own it. We we love it. Um, I started at PwC um, as a CPA, actually. I graduated from college at the University of Oklahoma with a master's degree in accounting and had all my perfect plans in place to become a CPA and to practice for this big public accounting firm as an auditor. And I did that for the first five or so years of my career, and I enjoyed it. It was good. But what I discovered once I joined PwC was that there is another element to our business that solely focuses on our people, the people of PwC. And I realized through participating in recruiting and some other things that I really enjoyed that part of our business and that was really where my passion was. So I transitioned over to the people function. Back in those days, it was called HR and then human capital, and now we're the people team. Um, But I started to do uh, more and more of my work that focused on people until I was 100% focused on the people team and have not looked back and have enjoyed it ever since. Wow. I love that story because I think there are always so many people asking college students, you know, what do you want to be, right? And it's so hard to know what do I want to be until you try it. I mean, you thought you wanted to be an auditor, but you have had an, an excellent career in the people space. And I think it, oh, it's so thanks. essential to identify that passion, right? It's so true. It's really hard when you're, you know, 17, 18, 19 years old to understand what life is like in a career of your choice until you really get into it and experience it for yourself. And, um, you know, I'm so glad that I had mentors back in those days who encouraged me to go for it, to try something different, even though it wasn't anything like my perfect plan had been. Um, And it's just been good, good for my life, good for my career, um, good for me. Well, I love that. I'd love to hear about your personal experience as a woman and as a woman of color. How has that 
impacted your career, your career decisions, and your experience? Wow. In, in so many ways, as I, as I think back, um, I would say in one of the most powerful ways, being a woman of color in an industry that certainly in my earlier days of my career didn't have a lot of others who looked like me. And interestingly, when I started as an auditor at PwC, I was auditing oil and gas companies back in the early 90s. So if you can... Imagine I'm picturing back in those the cast days. of Dynasty right now. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. And to say that there weren't a lot of folks who looked like me would be an understatement. But you know what that taught me was to have some confidence and some faith in my own abilities, no matter what I may have perceived others were thinking of me or how they were seeing me at that point in time. And keeping my head down, not worrying about all of the other social types of things that maybe could have impaired my work and my confidence in that area and just doing the best job that I could do. And then later in my career, trying to champion the things that I learned with other um, folks who were less tenured than me at PwC who were trying to learn some of those same same lessons. I actually spent a number of years working in our Office of Diversity at PwC where I got to focus solely on these types of issues and help to educate not, not only myself and others who looked like me, but those in our firm who did not look like me. And uh, it was very rewarding work and I'm happy to see um, where it has come to now. We've made a lot of advances, still a lot of work to do, but uh, things are much improved than they were back in those days. I love that. And I love your willingness to kind of communicate and share your experiences in the service of helping educate and bring along others. I think that goes a long way. Yeah, it helps us all, makes us all better. So you're a talent expert at one of the most expert (laughs) consulting firms (laughs) on workplace in in the world. So what to you makes a good manager? What should we all be looking for as we're kind of pivoting our careers or thinking about who we want to work for? What does good management look like to you? I love that question. Um, And what I'll say to you would be, a summarization of things that I've learned over the years, first in having great managers and then in trying to be a great manager. And I would tell you one of the most important things is the mindset that you bring to it. And it is more of that servant mindset. You are there to serve the team that you lead, not just to be the authoritarian and the boss and, you know, do things because I said to do them. You really are there to serve your team and to help them be the best that they can be both collectively and individually. So that's one. Um, Another thing I would say is to truly care as much about the individual people on your team as you do about the work itself and the tasks that are in front of you. Um, I have had some managers who, for whatever reason, you know, maybe they weren't comfortable going in some of those more personal spaces, but they were always very focused on what was on the to-do list that we needed to get done. And that's important, of course, but when every conversation is only about that, there's an important dimension of the experience that that's missing um, that makes the whole experience rich for both the manager and the individuals on the team. So that's, that's two. And then the last thing I would say is to understand that developing 
your team, the individuals on your team, helping them professionally grow and learn is a key, very critical responsibility of the manager. You're not just there to get work tasks done. You are there to help your team develop and become leaders at some point in the future themselves. And uh, that's really important. Yeah, it sounds like what you're saying is that leaders, managers have to really define an important part of their own workflow as managing, cultivating a relationship. And it's not just about the work that we're here to do today. Which Absolutely. I think you can you see a lot now because there's a lot of managers who become managers very quickly. And there's not as much, I think you all at PwC do a tremendous amount of institutional management training. Uh, but there, I feel like in general, there's less than there once was. Yes, I would agree with that. I um, have seen some managers who, if they have an individual on their team that's not performing as well as one would hope, it's more about sort of pointing the fingers and saying, you need to do this, this, and this, versus seeing themselves as having a big role in that. And if someone on your team is failing, that might be a failure of yours as well as not putting as much focus on helping that team member along as, as you should. So I think right. that's really that, important. That you're in it together. You're a unit. In it together. Absolutely. Yes. So this is a weird time. Mm-hmm. We've all been working from home for about 10 weeks. Can you tell us a little bit about how you're managing during this crisis and how, while you're working from home, how do you think about work-life balance? Oh, those are two really good questions. I would say in terms of how I'm managing, it's a couple of things. You know, the principles of of leading a team in an effective way don't necessarily change, but probably the way you do it needs to change and adjust, like you said, to the weird times that we're in right now. And I find myself, and we also coach our other leaders in PwC to be even more deliberate about the way that they're leading their team. So, Most of us are working from home. We're not sitting with someone from our team um, in the the same space under the same roof. And so you have to carve out time to make sure that you're in touch with your team, not because you're monitoring whether or not they're doing the work. I mean, we, we trust that our teams are doing that, but it's more about checking in to see how they're doing, to see what additional support they may need, just to have something of a human connection. We use video conferencing here at PwC quite a bit, and although it's not quite the same as being with someone in person, it does go a really long way to establishing that that human connection. So I would say in terms of, of managing teams, it's about um, having empathy for the times that we're in and understanding that the times we're in affect people in different ways and different people on your team may need a different level of support. And so it's important for us to be in tune with that and try to provide the support that keeps the team functioning smoothly. So that's one. And then you asked about about flexibility, work-life balance. So You know, it's funny, I've noticed over the last probably two or three years, we've really shifted in PwC from calling it work-life balance to referring to it more as flexibility. And for us, we um, have implemented a number of tools over the last several years to help people be um, able to be more flexible. 
Um, for us, it means not necessarily that you're working less, but that you're working in a way that suits your needs, your personal needs, your family's needs. So where for me, um, it might have meant, you know, when my daughter was in school, she had a school program that was happening at nine o'clock. You know, maybe I got up earlier that morning to get a couple of crucial things done, and then I'm gone for a couple of hours during the day. And then I come back to finish finish up my work day and to do the other important things that are on my to-do list. So it's about um, being um, respectful, I think is a good word, of other commitments that people may have as part of their work lives that include the personal and um, understanding that you can work around those and still be just as productive and maybe even more productive. Kim, how can companies and corporate leaders support the Black Lives Matter movement now? Thank you for this question, Romy. It's a really important one. I've been thinking a lot about this, as so many of us have over the past number of days. When I step back, it's just so remarkable to think about the fact that this is the most challenging time span in most of our lifetimes between pandemic and recession and racial injustice, social upheaval, it's just quite a time um, and the, the hits just seem to keep on coming. But we are a strong society of people with so many good people, smart people, and um, I know we're going to figure things out. Um, my best examples of what corporate America can do come straight from what we're doing at PwC as we've been thinking a lot about this over the last number of days and we've moved pretty quickly to decide what we'll do to make a difference. I was so happy to see that you mentioned our actions that we're committed to in one of your recent articles on fairygodboss.com, so thank you for that. I'll mention um, a few of them here in hopes that it, it sparks ideas that work well for other organizations. The very first thing is that there really has to be vocal leadership from the top down, directly addressing what's happening and vocalizing the stance as an organization um, to make a difference against racism. A few of the things that we are doing, we are creating a diversity and inclusion staff advisory council. So really listening to our employees from all staff levels of our organization, from the most senior to the most junior, who will advise our leadership team on things that we can do both within our organization as well as externally. So they, together with our leadership team, will help to build our plan. So that's one. Another one is that we have taken a big step in transparency and telling all of our staff, our entire firm, about our diversity strategy, as well as our results against that strategy. We've had this conversation with our partners. You know, we exist as a partnership, and we've talked with our partners for a number of years about these things to this level of detail. But for the first time ever, we are going to talk to the entire firm, which not only holds us accountable, but lets us know if our people feel like we're not moving fast enough, and that's really important. Um, a couple of other things that we're doing, we are donating to social justice organizations. So we have selected four, um, being the NAACP, the Dream Corps, the ACLU, um, the Center for Policing Equity, and we're also encouraging our people to donate, you know, as they see fit and as they 
so desire, and we are matching some of the donations that our people are making. And then the last thing that I'll mention here is we are donating time to nonprofit organizations. We have given all 50,000 plus of our employees a week of paid time off each year to go out into the community and volunteer with nonprofits. So uh, that's a handful of the things that we are doing. And for more on this and other things that we're doing, I encourage everyone to read your article or Google PwC standing up against racism. That's incredible. And I think great examples, great leadership. And it's so important because obviously PwC, not only are you an employer, but you're a company that consults to other companies. We at Fairy God Boss actually are trying to employ several of those as well and look at our diversity strategy and be really transparent. I think those are great tips. So how do you think companies can help support employees who are feeling upended and concerned right now? That is a terrific question, and there's so much I could say here, but for now, I'll say that the most important thing, and I tell you this from my own experience over these past days, what's meant the most to me as a Black female, is to not let the fear of doing or saying the wrong thing make you silent or passive. That's really good advice. encourage everyone to be active. Reach out to employees that are Black and non-Black. Talk about what's going on. Seek to understand how others are feeling, giving them an opening to express themselves, which is so important right now. Silence can be deafening and perpetuates the feeling that some of us have as Black colleagues that others don't care or don't have the empathy. I have learned that that is not true from people reaching out and talking with me. The words don't have to be perfect, but having the courage to go there and show that you want to learn, um, it means the world to your Black colleague and friends. So when I say be active, there's a quick part two to what I strongly recommend, and that is to not only reach out and say that you care, but also to decide what actions you are going to take, how you are going to be active to try to push our society forward in a positive way, and be willing to share that with your employees, with those that you work with, to make yourself accountable and uh, make sure that you follow through. Kim, that's really good advice and useful to hear as we all try to think about how we can be better allies. Thank you for sharing. And can I use this opportunity to ask you more about your personal life? And you've endured a horrible tragedy. You've also raised a college, almost college age daughter, a teenage She's college age. Yes, she's a sophomore. Uh, So can you talk a little bit about how your personal life has gone and, and how you've managed to have such a successful career at the same time? Oh, sure. So, you know, everybody in life deals with something at some point. That's, that's what life is about, right? Um, one of the, the toughest things that I have dealt with in my life happened a number of years ago um, when I was 25 years old. I had been working at PwC for about two and a half years at that point and was married to my total first crush, my first love. Um, And very sadly and tragically, he died suddenly of a heart attack. He was an athlete, and it's one of those stories that maybe you've heard about before where an athlete who seems to be in perfect health and physical condition 
has a heart attack. We learned over time that he had silent heart disease, so it didn't have any outward symptoms or things that would cause us to notice this, which is why it was such a surprise. But I tell you that not to make everyone sad out there because, again, you know, everybody has has their things that they deal with. And I think what was most important for me from that situation is learning and growing from it and using it to guide the rest of my life. And by that, I mean, when I talk about how I transitioned from client service as an auditor into the people area at PwC, what that tragedy made me realize is how important people are in my life and for all of us, and how important it is to show love and care and compassion and empathy, you know, all all of those types of things. And I feel very fortunate to have been able to find a way to give some of that in the work context here at PwC. So when uh, when I said to you that the People Experience Center of Expertise that I lead is all about trying to make the work experience for our people as good as it can be, that was born from that tragedy. that I experienced many years ago, there were a number of people in the firm PwC who reached out to me and put their arms around me and helped me through that tough time. And I wanted more of our people to feel that. Well, that's incredible um, and inspired. Uh, And uh, also, you know, it makes me think of that saying, you never know what someone else is experiencing, right? And it it sounds like you experienced a horrible tragedy and you've now kind of institutionalized a practice where your company can remember that everyone's dealing with something and everyone is a person and not just, not just a worker. Um, So what, how you've really spun that into a career. Yes, yes. I, I'm happy to be able to say that I I have done that and it lets me live my values every day. You know, the things that are most important to me and to my spirit, you know, I get to live and uh, try to make reality for the people of PwC too. And so tell me about your daughter and what it's been like to, to move through your career as a, as a single parent. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, first of all, I could go on for days about my daughter, Aaliyah, but I'm going to try to not do that because I know we have limited time. Um, I will tell you that she is my absolute pride and joy. She's actually home with me right now because her school, she goes to New York University and they, you know, close down and it's all online classes. So she is here with me. She is 19 years old and is um, just an, an amazing young woman. It's been a lot of of fun. I get a lot of joy from seeing her blossom and grow and uh, start to have conversations, very adult conversations with me about different things and have insights that actually teach me things. So um, it's it's really awesome to be her mom. But you're right. Um, there have been some really challenging times in my career. Um, having her, you know, as a single mom, uh, like I said, I've been with PwC for a very long time. I started my career in Dallas, um, moved to Los Angeles and worked at the PwC office there. Also in Colorado, I was um, based in the Denver office for a while and then uh, went over to Miami, Florida and lived in Miami for a number of years. And my daughter, Aaliyah, of course, tagged along right with me in all of those different places. And it's been interesting as I look back to see different periods of time in my career and what the different challenges were. Um, I would imagine Imagine that a lot of your listeners um, perhaps have young children at home, and so they're experiencing exceptional challenges right now, perhaps with you know the pandemic and working from home, and the schools are closed, and you're homeschooling on top of trying to do your job, and it's quite an interesting time. And we even hear 
a lot from our women of PwC about the challenges that they are facing. And, you know, we talked to them about some tactics to help with that. And um, I employed a lot of those tactics in my career as well, even when we weren't in a pandemic over the years. So uh, it's been an interesting ride, let's just say. I can imagine. And I wish the audience could see how you glow when you talk about Aaliyah. It's so lovely. (laughs) Thanks. So uh, thinking about those that are either graduating from college in this weird world or starting a career, what advice would you give them about thinking about career development or skills, talent development, so that they can thrive in this new world and whatever's next? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think it's two things. One is even though I know the challenges are exceptional right now, you know, there's so many unknowns about what's going to happen with the economy and what's the job market going to look like in the coming months. So many unknowns. I would say that there, there are two things that hold steady, no matter what's going on externally. And that is first and foremost to spend some time thinking about what your values are and looking for work that addresses those values in some way or allows you to live your life leading those values. I think that's very important. More important than Um, ever. Yeah, I think it's more important than ever. And it certainly is one key to long-term happiness in a career. So, So that's That's number one. And then number two, I would say, setting pandemic aside, our culture and our society is changing so fast. And it seems like changing faster and faster by the day when you think about new technologies, for example, that are coming out. And that's something that we focused on quite a bit within PwC. So I would say the second thing that holds true is you want to have a curiosity about things. Even if you've just spent, you know, your last four or five, six years, however many, you know, in college and focusing on a specific um, concentration, you're thinking, gosh, I just spent all this time learning so I could go out and start my career. The learning never stops. You know, at PwC, we call it infinite learning. And it's very um, helpful to have a curious mindset and to want to learn. Um, one of the things that we've talked to our people about is um, becoming more digitally savvy and understanding more about technology and having a hunger for continuing to learn about that, especially as we see disruption happening in the technology space over time. And I think we're going to continue to see it um, here in the near term, you know, based on everything that we're dealing dealing with right now, there are going to be more huge changes in the technology world. And technology crosses pretty much every type of industry. You've got to use it in some form or fashion or understand how it can help you or your business become more effective. So uh, being curious about that will, will fare you well. I love it. And I love that reminder that we think we're graduating or we think we're done learning, but really we should always be finding ways to learn and grow. Well, it's time for me to ask you the fun questions. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so and they've all been fun, by the way, but uh, let's go. I'm ready. Yes. So first, please tell us, Kim, what is your karaoke song? <laughs> well, I will tell you, there is not a soul on this planet that wants to hear me sing karaoke, but I will tell you one of my favorite songs to sing, and um, it might be obscure to, to you or most of your viewers, but it's called Like a Star by Corinne Bailey Ray. Oh, wow. Well, I love her. I'll have to look it it. up. Yes, Yes. it's one of my absolute favorites. It's beautiful. I will check that out later today. 
<laughs> what is your favorite way to exercise, whether it's your physical, whether it's your mind? How do you take care of yourself? Yeah, and I would say on, on both points. So exercising the mind, I, I have to have a day where I feel like I've learned at least one thing and hopefully several things through my job or just through reading reading the papers or watching the news or consuming other media. I really enjoy learning. I'm, I'm a big podcast person. And so I like to Me learn too. through podcasts. I love, we'll have to share our favorites yes. later. What t- can, um, you, can you share one that you think everybody should listen to? Uh, the Daily from the New York Times. Oh, I love it too. Fantastic. It's so yeah. good. Yeah. It's so good. But I do have to say, I've got to have a balance. I've got to exercise the mind, but I also have to exercise the body. I, I, it's been harder to exercise since we've all been sort of quarantined, as they say. But um, to have something that brings my heart rate up every day, even if it's just jumping jacks between conference calls, I have to have that too. I love it. That's great. <laughs> Who is one person, dead or alive, you'd like to have dinner with? Oh, I like to... Um, Gosh, there there are lots. I think I will have to go with my great, great, great grandmother. I would love to have an opportunity to sit down and talk with her and hear her stories and, and hear how she survived some of the, the really tough circumstances that my ancestors um, dealt with, you know, with slavery and all. I would love the chance to talk with her. And I probably think of that because I've been doing some um, family tree work. Wow, that's um, a good way to pass work. the time. Yes, one of my hobbies, my quarantine hobbies that yes. I've been looking into. So that's on my mind. <laughs> I, I love that. And I I bet she would love to meet you and Ooh. kind of like see how the world changed. I hadn't thought about that. That would be interesting. I'm quite sure. <laughs> what book has had a great impact on you that you'd like to recommend? Again, lots of, lots of books I could think of. And I would say, again, because of the times we're in, I know many of us have sort of raised our spiritual game. I know I'm more focused on spirit these days. And when I think about one book that has impacted me in in different ways, same book as a child, teenager, young adult, adult life now, I'd have to say the Bible. The Bible. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I will recommend it if that's something that, you know, you are into or think would be helpful to you or whatever religion you're in, you know, something like that. But for me, that's been the most impactful throughout my whole life. Actually. Well, certainly if you're thinking about infinite learning, it's a book that can certainly provide that. There so. we go. All right. So here's the hard part. At Very God Boss, we believe that every woman should be more comfortable bragging. Women are not good enough at taking credit for our achievements. So Kim, I'm going to put you on the spot and ask you to brag about your achievements, please. Brag about my achievements. Okay. I will choose one to mention. And it it ties back a little into some of the themes that we've talked about today. And I would say that when I think about my whole life and my career, I am proud of the fact that I've been able to overcome some insecurities that I had as a younger person um, from the fact that I grew up in a small town in Oklahoma and, you know, the big city was something that was foreign to me at one point in time. Um, The fact that my parents had never been in corporate America and the first one in my family to try to conquer that space and, and exist within it. Um, maybe even from the fact that I am a black female in America and all the complicated things that sometimes that brings in into play. Um, in spite of all of that, I have come to a large corporate type organization in PwC and I have 
figured out how to achieve and to become a senior leader in an organization that's got, what do we have now, 50,000 plus people in the United States and more than 200,000 globally. So I'm proud of that. And you should be. I think that that is incredible. Thank you. Um, well, Kim, your insight has been so fantastic. And so I'm going to ask you one last question before we go, which is okay. there's one piece of advice you'd give to our listeners as they're thinking about how to fulfill ambition and manage the juggle of work-life balance. Many of them have small children in the home. What's the one piece of advice you'd give them about their career? I will say um, one of the mantras that I remind myself of, and that is that being in the arena is the prize. And what I mean by that, um, I'll take an example of someone that I'm mentoring here at PwC who was trying to decide whether or not to go for a new role. She wasn't sure she was ready, wasn't sure she was fully qualified, felt nervous about it. What we talked about is getting the new role would be a prize, but it's not the only one. Just putting yourself out there and going for it. The process of doing that brings to you many benefits that you might not otherwise think about. Um, it adds to your character. Maybe you meet new people. You learn new things about yourself. So being in the arena in and of itself, just putting yourself out there is a prize. I love it. You gave me chills. And I think we're also programmed to win, 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 win. And that is such a great reminder. What a great reminder. Kim, it has been such a pleasure spending time with you today. Thank you for giving us really great insight from your very accomplished and unique perspective. Oh, thank you so much for the opportunity. This was fantastic. Thanks for joining us today on Fairy Godboss Radio. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and visit us at fairygodboss.com. See you next time.